Gibbs and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The dust has settled on the NBA's offseason. Still, obviously, some big things pending when it comes to James Harden and Dame Lillard and things like that. But for the Suns, we anticipate that they're mostly done. And it's time to kind of take stock, really sit back and look at what was gained and what was lost. And as it turns out, we've got a guy that we got on the phone here that we could kind of talk about both things with. And joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, he is play-by-play host, semi-retired analyst, according to his Twitter account for the Spurs on Bally Sports San Antonio. He is Dan Weiss, and he joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Dan, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Well, great offseason for the Phoenix Suns. They were able to really revamp. They had a terrible bench. They've been able to kind of revamp that quite a bit. And one of the guys that was a big part of the bench the last couple of years is now on the Spurs. So we'll start there because we want to talk to you about Bates Diop as well. But just give me your thoughts on the Spurs and their ability to get campaign basically for nothing. I think it's a great move. I think it solves a lot of uh, solves a lot of areas for the Spurs. They were looking for some uh, veteran point guard depth. They just re-signed Trey Jones, uh, you know, who's going to be going into his fourth season uh, as the lead point guard. Cameron Payne fills the role that he's familiar with, having come off the bench. Um, obviously, a, a guy whose career you admire, considering uh, he was basically out of the league before the bubble in 2020, revitalized his career in Phoenix, uh, you know, and obviously took off over the last couple of years. Gives you another player who can create off the dribble and, uh, you know, a high character guy. So I kind of think he checks a lot of the boxes for the Spurs. Yeah, and the experience level, too, right? He has a guy who's played in the NBA Finals. He's been in the playoffs a few years in a row now. So, you know, he's got a little bit of that pedigree for a young team in the Spurs. I think he gives you some of that experience that, that Pop may be looking for. No question about it. I think he's definitely kind of, you know, what we like to call, you know, Spurs players or Spurs guys. I think he kind of, fits that role completely the experience you mentioned it he also gives them roster flexibility as well too an expiring contract and you kind of take a look at how the spurs have put their roster together this year uh they have tremendous roster flexibility going into next summer as well too and it kind of will give their management an idea of how to go forward with uh 19 year old victor Wembanyama after this season no doubt about it i i'm looking forward to talking to you about Kata Bates, the uh, because of uh, of all the additions the Suns have made, obviously Bradley Beal notwithstanding, because that's in its own category. Th- th- this is the kid I think I'm the most either intrigued or excited about. I can't, you know, depending on the day, I can't quite make up my mind what the right word is. But I, I think he's got the chance to be a real difference maker. Tell me about the evolution of him under Pop and the Spurs coaching staff from when they got him to where they are now. So, in a way, similar to Cameron Payne, here's the guy who came to the Spurs on a two-way contract in 2020, uh, his third team in three years after being drafted out of Ohio State. You know, at the time, you didn't really know whether he was going to carve out an NBA career or not, and he was basically kind of just a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, right? You know, he, he accepted the minutes that he got. You know, he was above average defensively. Uh, and so he kind of did all the little things that any coach would want on your team. You know, your typical glue guy that was, you know, a, a guy at the end of the bench who could give you 10, 15 minutes a night, so to speak. But where his game really took off was this past season because he became an offensive contributor. Uh, he, he wasn't a, a great shooter. He was definitely a below average shooter when he came to the Spurs. And he really threw a, a massive amount of work in the gym uh, and, 
and work with the coaching staff, really became a very reliable shooter to the fact that, you know, he shot his best from three last year in his career, almost 40%, nearly doubled his average in scoring. Uh, He was always good moving without the basketball. He still is. He was a great cutter, great slasher. But once you add the ability to be a spot-up shooter, and I think he shot something like 47% on uncontested three-pointers last year, you know, there's the old saying in the league, guys, to make or miss league. And if you can step out and make shots from the perimeter, you're going to be in this league a long time. So that's in my mind where KBD really turned the corner. Uh, he played second most games of any spur this past year. He started 42 of them, which was fifth most on the team. And again, another high character guy he was a finalist for the Bob Lanier Community Assist Award as well, too. So uh, kudos to him for getting the opportunity with the Suns. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a great fit there. Yeah, we we had him on a couple of weeks ago after it became official. And, and I mean, look, there's a level of coaching here that certainly credit has to be given to, especially when you're basically teaching a guy how to shoot. But you also have to be a receptive student to that, right? You have to be willing to learn how to do the things and willing to put in the work. I, I'm guessing, given the success that was finally realized last year, that Kade Bates Diop is that guy that, that who's willing to do whatever it takes to evolve and advance his game into that next level. Yeah, I don't think there was any question that he wasn't a, a willing student. I think, in, and Pop had mentioned this several times with him over the you know the course of his tenure with the Spurs, a lot of times, and, and I don't think it just goes for KBD, it goes for a lot of players, a lot of young players that are trying to carve out an NBA career. It's about confidence. And for me, one of the games that I think really was maybe the, the turning point for him was actually not this past season. It was two years ago in L.A. in a 30-point game. Ironically, out of all the players on the Spurs from a couple of years ago, he was the first Spur to crack a 30-point game that season in December uh, and, and did it mostly on perimeter jump shots. And I think once you realize that you can go and drop 30 points you know, at Crypto.com Arena in L.A., in front of the LeBron and the Lakers and those big lights. And I, I think that gives you the confidence as a young player that, okay, I know I'm in the league. I know I'm not going anywhere. And now how can I work along the ancillary part of my game to continue to get better? And I think that really was probably the turning point for, for his career. Yeah, I mean, that change of scenery to San Antonio helped, right? He was a great player at Ohio State. He was the Big Ten Player of the Year. But then, you know, the, the stops in Minnesota and Denver, he finally get when he got to San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was like the last, you know, two-way cl- contract yeah. that the Spurs had, right? So I'm I'm sure at the time when he got there, there wasn't a lot of high hopes for him, but they, they developed him, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and then they cut a, a first-round pick in, in Lucas Samanich uh, a couple of years ago and give him the final spot on the roster, too. So, again, guy with just a tremendous character, uh, works his tail off in the gym. And, you know, we talked about his offensive game, but defensively, he's an above-average defensive player, too. I mean, he can guard one through four on the court as well. So he's going to give you something on the defensive end. And beyond that, his basketball IQ is exceptional. I mentioned moves great without the basketball, good rebounder, uh, you know, can step out and, and guard the perimeter jump shooter. So I, I think, he, you know, like Cameron Payne does for the Spurs, I think Kata checks a lot of boxes for the Suns. was a good offseason for them as well, too. Yeah, I mean, his versatility is going to help them defensively at all. They, they got bigger, they got longer, they got younger and more athletic, the Suns. Did. Give me give me the, 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 the full view from outside of Phoenix on on what the Suns have done. The addition of Bradley Beal, all the veterans that they, uh, the players that they got on vet minimum contracts. Do you look at the Suns and say they should be the team to beat? Yeah, they became a destination, right? They became that place where you had guys that uh, 
almost, not want to say want to go ring chasing, but guys that were basically willing to take smaller deals, uh, maybe not get as much value as they were worth on the open market to go join a club where they see, obviously, the tremendous potential between Durant, Booker, and now Bradley Beal. Keep DeAndre Ayton in that mix as well, too. And now, you know, if you're, if you're Frank Volker, you got a lot of, you know, like Kata Bates, Diop, a lot of plug-and-play opportunities based on matchups. So I think, you know, watching... You know, watching the Suns falter in the playoffs against the Nuggets, I mean, no question, their biggest issue was was the matchups and, and, and the overall depth of the club. You knew what you were going to get with Durant and with Booker. But then after that, really, was a lot of question marks about who else was going to be the, the next player to step up. And besides Bradley Beal, who obviously gives you another tremendous scorer, now you've got different elements off the bench that you can actually play the matchups. You can play that you know, strategic chess game, game by game that a lot of coaches like to do in the playoffs. And so I think the Suns are now much better prepared to go into a seven-game series really against anyone in the Western Conference. Dan, leave us with this because we wouldn't want to have you on here and not talk about, you know, the the elephant in the room, Victor Wimbayama and, you know, the summer league work and the number one pick overall. Give me, give me and Suns fans listening right now an idea of how long you think it's going to be before we have to worry about the Spurs being great again. I think for anybody who's followed the Spurs, I know you guys have for a long time, it's it's always been about the process for them. So in Victor Wembinyama's case, there's a 19-year-old kid who's coming into the NBA for the first time, and I get it. It's a tremendous amount of fanfare. Uh, it's probably, if not the biggest, one of the biggest celebrities, whether it's warranted or not, for a Spurs player that they've had uh in their tenure. And so even saying all that, you know, this is going to be, and I think the roster construction this offseason kind of speaks to it. You know, the, the Spurs had, I think the second most cap room next to the Rockets of any team in the NBA. And, and they basically brought back a majority of the players uh, who were part of last year's club. Not something you would normally see with a 22 win team from a year ago. But I think when you think of the young talent that surrounds Victor Wembinyama, Jim Bryan Wright wants to see what he has in his core around Victor. You know, what do guys like Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan, how do they add to the mix around Victor Wembinyama? How do all those players play off Victor? Because you know what you're going to get with, with Wembinyama. I mean, he's a, he's a guy who we saw even in a limited opportunity in summer league guy wants to you know have the ball in his hands wants to create off the dribble it's gonna obviously shoot from the outside what i was most intrigued about was you know what a defensive force he was in those two summer league games and i get it, it was summer league but i think that's something that's going to translate to the nba almost immediately i think some of the other things um you know particularly his offensive game you know back to the basket going up against physical players that's going to take time and i think that should just be expected with a 19 year old uh but i think you know going forward two three four years down the line and i think you know coach pop getting a a, a five-year contract uh, I think speaks to the NBA a little bit that, you know, Pop is here, uh, you know, to kind of guide Victor, to guide this club for at least five years going forward. Uh, and also, you know, kind of think maybe sends a message to other players around the league and says, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to yeah. be stewarding this club. You want to come join us in the near future when we've got a chance to go forward? We're going to be here and we're going to be ready. Dan, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on for a few. Uh, we appreciate it. Best of luck to you guys this season. Okay. All right, thanks, guys. You too. Uh, thanks. Dan Weiss joining us, San Antonio Spurs studio host, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We've